Welcome to another episode of Team Anywhere, where CEOs, leaders, and experts at building teams, companies, organizations, and amazing cultures share how to lead from anywhere in the world. I'm your co-host on the East Coast, Judy Bianco Mathis. And I'm your co-host on the West Coast, Mitch Simon. And we invite you to join us to Team Anywhere. Have you ever wondered how to make your workspace more effective and more tailored to your individual ambition? On today's podcast, we're delighted to have Susan Meyer, a branding genius and acclaimed artist, and Hallie Burton, a world-renowned lifestyle photographer. Together, they created Workspace Studio, a website featuring the world's most beautiful and productive workspaces. They share with us how to develop your home workspace so that it reflects who you are emboldens your productivity, and enhances your creativity. Hello and welcome to Team Anywhere. I'm Mitch Simon on the West Coast, and I have my co-host, Ginny Bianca Mathis, on the East Coast. And today on the show, we have Susan Hamilton-Meyer and Hallie Burton. Susan founded the Susan Meyer Studio, where she focuses on helping healthcare brands build stronger relationships with patients and providers. She's also an artist with works displayed in numerous private collections. Creative director Hallie Burton is a world-renowned lifestyle photographer based in New York City. Susan and Hallie both have a penchant for designing exquisite and beautiful spaces. Together, they've created Workspace Studio, which brings a fresh perspective from the front lines on what makes for a workspace that fosters creativity, productivity, and general well-being. Susan and Hallie, welcome to Team Anywhere. Thank you. Hi. Welcome. Um, Welcome. Welcome. Okay. I know this is a podcast, so I just have to say right off that what you've created is simply breathtaking and beautiful. So if you're a listener and you're not driving right now, if you are driving, stop the car, get off the road. You must immediately check out www.workspace-studio.com. It is simply stunning. Okay, enough of the intro. Let's go do it. Um, so Susan and Hallie, can you please tell us a little bit about yourselves, what you're passionate about right now, and, and how you met? We well, I can tell you about. Uh, why don't I tell you about the the kind of backstory of how we met and how we kind of came to together for this project, and then um, then we can talk about ourselves a little bit. But um, so Hallie and I met because our children are friends. So we were mom friends first, and then became friend friends, and then became art and work friends. Um, I think over the course of getting to know Hallie, you quickly discover how talented she is. And she's this beautiful photographer. And I think that brought us together, that kind of shared creative vision and appreciation for um, beautiful things and and um, artistry. And then during the pandemic, of course, we're sitting home covered in children trying to get work done and kind of trading stories about how are you making this work? <laughs> Where are you setting up? Right. And one thing led to another. And we thought, wouldn't it be interesting to sort of ask other people what they're doing and figure out if we can maybe get inspired by some of our friends who we're pretty sure have this figured out and um, have some cool spaces. So we started throwing out ideas of people we might want to talk to. And 
um, chatting with them informally. And we thought, gosh, these are some really cool stories. And Hallie thought, I would love to shoot those spaces or have them shoot their spaces. And, you know, I can art direct it a little bit. And maybe we can share this with people and help other people get some ideas. Great. Um, and Hallie, is that is that true? Is that the story? <laughs> I don't know why it is. <laughs> It is. I mean, I think our working relationship, well, I love Susan as my friend and I love her children and her husband and we're such, we do a lot together as families, but as a working relationship, Susan is somebody that I need because I can just go off and never stop working and just randomly do stuff whenever I feel like it. And the great thing, Susan's really teaching me how to use my time wisely. So um, we can create and work together very well on this. And having the business side and the creative side with Susan, she completely understands me. That's great. Yeah, I think we share that yin and yang. You know, Holly runs a few businesses, actually. um, So she also has that business and creative side. And um, I think that's fairly unique. I mean, there are lots of people out there who have it, but not everybody. And I think that that helps us see eye to eye. And then we have that yin and yang where we, you know, each have different strengths and different areas for development. Um, so Hallie helps me with a lot of good stuff as well. Don't right. we all? Um, <laughs> areas of development. That's another show. Um, so can you, uh, for our listeners, um, you know, I've gone to work workspace studio, which is workspace-studio.com. Um, and can you, I, I know you, you were inspired by different people's workspaces. What were you, what's the, um, what's the objective of workspace studio for those of us who, um, are working a lot from home? Well, I think we wanted to really share what we were learning um, with a wider audience. I mean, I think the insight we had is that there are so many people right now, especially, um, but even in general, in a world where everybody's got a side business, side hustle and um, remote work, even before the pandemic was becoming more of a norm. um, And people were carving out spaces of different kinds um, in which to work. Um, and then I think the pandemic made it even more, you know, we're spending so much time in that home version of the works space um, to really share those insights. So some of those productivity hacks or some of the ways that we can drop in and be more creative um, from a wide range of people, from artists to investment bankers who are doing this in different ways. Um, and yet there are common themes um, and really just kind of share what share what we're learning. So if you could share with us um, uh, first common themes that you're seeing, and then I know that you can't pick a favorite, but if you were to pick one of your favorites, um, tell us uh, tell us a story about your favorite one. So common themes and then like a story about your favorite workspace that you that you and Hallie shot. Ooh, Hallie, who's your favorite? It's a hard one. Oh, it is really hard because everybody has something so unique. And everybody, you guys, a, you guys would do that. Just pick one. <laughs> They're all our children. I know. You know what? I'm going to say Marcus Hayes for me. I think so and probably him. that's why we started with him because he is extraordinary. He has an extraordinary eye. He's just so like, tell us about who is Marcus Hayes and, and about space. He's a lifestyle director. So um, he's also an Australian. So very close to my heart. His space is beautiful. I mean, he's very unique. He 
constantly builds these beautiful workspaces. And I think he was really inspiring, wasn't he, Susan? He was so thoughtful of his space, what's in his space, how he creates it. And it was just a great start to be inspired. I think what's interesting about Marcus too is that he, it's a little bit like the play within the play. So Marcus designs spaces for a living, that is his job. So not surprisingly, he's designed his own space very beautifully and mindfully. And then I think his story is also really poignant where we can all relate. So he moved during the pandemic from a really large space in Los Angeles to a really small space in New York City in the middle of the pandemic and really had to kind of change everything about the way he was working and the space in which he was working. And so I think that is something that, you know, a lot of us can relate to, like, how do you manage this dramatic change, both in terms of your lifestyle and what, you know, what the arc of your day looks like and what your surroundings look like, um, as well as the practicalities of like, oh my gosh, where do I store that mood board? I can't put it on my kitchen table, mm-hmm. right? Um, so I think his story was really interesting from both perspectives, both kind of visually and artistically, as well as practically. What value um, and ideas and tools did you all bring to that uh, particular uh, situation? You know, bring that alive for us. So I think, well, I mean, I can probably use Marcus's story to answer your your other question, which is, you know, what are some of those themes that that emerge, right? So, um, you know, for Marcus and for so many of the people that we've spoken with, and I can say myself included, um, having elements of nature in your space, and I think this is uh, more challenging, but also more poignant for those of us who are in urban environments. Um, but whether that is, you know, for Marcus, it's plant life and seashells and other people have different things that they bring into their environments. But, uh, you know, a a visual reminder of the natural world is something that people talked about helping them both be kind of like the general well-being part and also sparking creativity. Um, I think related to that is uh, natural light. Mm -hmm. And so again, even in small urban spaces, people were finding ways, um, as Marcus did, to have ample natural light in their working area, and that that somehow elevated their mood. It gave them a kind of a clear space in their head. Kind of, it's interesting. It's like a metaphor, right? You have this clear visual space because you have light, um, and that somehow also clears up the mental space for creativity. Um, I think related to that is, uh, you know, on the theme of clearing the space, there's something, um, you know, common to a lot of people, not everyone, um, but I share it, Marcus shares it, Hallie shares it as the clutter clearing. You know, it's very hard to think creatively or productively when you've got stacks of stuff around you. And this is a bit of a conundrum for particularly for the creative folks, because the creative process is by nature a bit chaotic and you kind of have to make a bunch of stuff and you're surrounded by things and, you know, talking to like interior designers and fashion designers and they've got boards and piles of swatches and colors and everything around them while they're working. And then they all have these different systems for how do I kind of organize that, A, so I know where things are when I need them, B, put it away because I'm in my small workspace, which doubles as my dining room or what have (laughs) you. 
and and see maybe most importantly make sure that my mind is clear so that you know when i'm working on the next job i'm not distracted by the previous job or the other three jobs that i'm working on um and so i think so those are a bunch of themes and i and i think the last one that really bubbles up to the top and is probably the closest of all to my heart is the theme of privacy and boundaries. Um, and I think this has been particularly challenging for a lot of people during the pandemic, but for any anyone who's working remotely, even when your house isn't full of people competing for internet and asking for lunch, um, you know, having that space where you can carve out, and it doesn't have to be big, but a space where you can close the door and not be disturbed and where you can leave your things around, right? Like it's going to be where I left it when I come back is it, it's, it's incredibly important. It sounds like a simple thing, but to sort of know that that's your space um, because the physical space kind of mimics the interior space. Such pertinent themes. I love it. And I love the combination of the theme and then the overlay of the artistic aspect. Right. We can go on the Internet and find here are the 10 things you need for your home office. And it doesn't it, it, it doesn't hook us. This is marvelous. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you for that. I was wondering, um, what have you seen over this last year <gasps> uh, or more than a year? Um, what are you seeing evolve um, over over the year? What are people learning um, and where do you think working at home spaces are 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 trending towards? Well, you know, you know what's funny, um, Mitch, is that we've had ever since we launched, which wasn't that long ago, we've been bombarded with interior designers who are interested in us connecting them with people who are looking to up level their space. We don't have our minds around how to create a marketplace, but but it's interesting. There's a lot of designers who are out there wanting to help you. <laughs> oh, I am sure they are. Yeah. So uh, if you were to help those designers, um, what would you, um, what would you say, let's say as we go to, um, you know, gosh, we're, as we record this, we're in like the middle of 2021 where if you were going to help designers and humans um, and human designers uh, <laughs> as you're, as we're going forward towards the end of 2021, 2022, what are some of the things you would start to pick up on that you would, you would direct um, individuals to do? Oh, Hallie, you should take this one. This is the one they're all asked. She was just telling me this morning that when she goes to shoot people's spaces, they're always asking her for tips of like, what do you think I should do with my space? Where should I reorg? How should I reorganize my things? Susan and I have completely different experiences when we're with people because I guess, you know, like I'm touching, moving things. People are asking, what should I do here? What should I do there? Which is quite interesting. I guess for me, like I feel like – because a lot of the spaces we've shot are not interior designed, I think a space should be a portrait of you, not a portrait of somebody that thinks they know you, which I think is really fantastic about this project is, I mean, and some people don't want their photo taken, which is fine. And in saying that, their portrait is a photo of them and they don't need to be in their space because their space tells their own story. And I think that, is something that needs to keep happening is people, people have cubicles, they decorate them, but their home, it doesn't have to be like that. Their home can be a beautiful portrait of themselves. I think. 
Um, and that doesn't have to be complicated. I think, you know, we've interviewed a number of people who are like, listen, my space is very minimal. And that's a reflection of me and the work that I do. You know, one person talked about, um, I'm sort of a jeans and white t-shirt girl and my space is the same. And, you know, there's reasons for that, which she elaborates on and, you know, elegant simplicity goes a long way. Um, but, but, and for other people, of course, they want color and chaos and vibrancy and yeah. I love what you said about it. You know, it tells your story. And that's all have come because of the virtual spaces, right? Yeah. And so now I can tell more about you and I'm actually looking, right? And, and, and you all have seen as much as we have that there are some sites that people start to rate <laughs> your background. So this has just become a new phenomenon. It's like having a baby. Yeah, it is. I love- you know, you're, you have your baby. Your doctor gives you the list of the 200 things that you need. You go through the list, and you only need five of them because your baby doesn't need the 195 things, and neither do you. And I feel like creating your workspace is the same. There's key elements, and you just get those things that you really need that you love that work for you. Yeah, it's interesting because when we spent most of our time in the office, most of us weren't allowed to make our space uh, represent ourselves. And then because I even for myself was, okay, I have my own space. I got four walls. I got some windows. Now, what am I going to do? You know, so it's so it doesn't copy what I did in my office, but it's but it's truly unique. It's, It's interesting, you know, those what color is your parachute or all those tests to figure out what you're all about. Um, it would be interesting to have a, uh, a space creation guide. Oh, I based bet. On- There's your idea to write a chapter, Mitch. That's my, that's my IP right there, people. <laughs> I said it first. I know. I, I remember know. getting yelled at in a, a certain or unnamed organization because right. I I put up a mirror. You know, it, it, it just when you think back and, and what I can now, I can do what I want. It's me. Yes. Yes. Yeah. This creative self-expression is really important to people, even people who don't call themselves creatives with a capital C. So I'll just say self-expression. And I think one thing that we see even across those people who really prefer a minimal workspace and will tell you when you ask, what does your workspace look like? They'll say, well, it's just really white walls. And then when you probe a little bit deeper, everyone in some way, shape or form has this set of shrines or mementos or tokens artifacts right that oh but there's and it might be a picture you know it might be something expected like a picture of their child but it's often more than that you know it's this special seashell that came from a special trip or uh you know a wood carving that somebody made for them that was really meaningful and those things are like anchors in the space that make them feel kind of grounded and connected and that they're a reflection I love that term, anchors in the space. Fabulous. Could we dive a little bit deeper into creativity? Uh, obviously, you two are super, super uber creative. And it looks like the spaces that you've been photog- photographing, photographing. Uh, <laughs> I've been listening to a lot of English podcasts lately. Um, <clears throat> photographing. Photographing. Um what what are you finding that people are 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 doing to maximize their creativity? Oh gosh. You know, I, I feel like people I was talking to Susan this morning 
And I feel like what people are doing in their workspace, which is what I do at home, is they're being much kinder to themselves. You know, you go to the office and it's the drill, the drill, the drill, your cheap coffee, your cubic, whatever it is. So now you're at home. It's like I say to my husband, go and get that coffee bean. You know, like if you want your $20 bag of coffee beans and you're going to have two cups a day, just be kind to yourself. Get up, go for a walk, have a candle. I think anything that makes you feel good helps your creativity because it, it keeps you relaxed, I think. In, in my experience, I think that's the kindness to yourself in your home space. Thanks, Hallie. What about you, Susan? Yeah, I've been, I think that's a great example of what I've been hearing a lot of, which I, I call it filling the well. People use different words for it. But I think there's an expanded awareness now as people have had a little bit more time and more private time that actually what the creative process requires is a little more passive time. So we're all white, right? We're American, 21st century. We're like wired to be kind of productive. And we think even creativity is productive, has to be productive. And of course, when we are creating something, that verb means we're making. So it's like productive. But in order to be creative and to, you know, have the creative process, it actually requires some kind of passive thinking time, downtime. And a number of people described to me very different ways that they do it, but this kind of, I look at other people's things, or I sit quietly with a cup of coffee outside in the sunshine, or, you know, like really just letting the brain relax. And that's when the big thoughts come. And then there's the execution phase of creativity, which is much more productive, right? But but the real creative process comes in the in-between moments. I do. I even... I'm sorry. I set up a creativity chair in my office. <laughs> you know, it just has a meaning for me, whether any creativity actually happens there or not. You have a chair. Yeah. But you literally protected the space, yeah. which I think is very cool. I think that's great. I think the distinction is really, really, really cool. So, so let's move from creativity to productivity. What have you seen? We'll go with uh, Hallie this time again. Uh, Hallie, what have you seen that people have done to um, create some productivity hacks, let's just say, um, that have uh, created something in their space to make sure that they can be much more productive? Well, I think people have the time to do that too. So, And I think being in your own workspace, people really know what they want out of that space. I mean, I can talk about for me, I had my workspace. Suddenly there's no school for over a year. My husband's working from home. He took over my workspace my daughter was somewhere and then I had this little spot on the kitchen table and I cannot stand, I can't work if there's mess and I can't work if there's noise. So I created this little tote. Actually, Susan gave me some ideas of planning out <laughs> like Mondays are admin, Tuesdays are Halliburton website, Wednesdays are workspace. So I just have five folders. I put them in a bag. I can move them around the house and I can be productive in a space that no one else is quietly and get everything I need to get done. And on Tuesdays and Thursdays, when my daughter's at school, I can use all the computers, I can lay the house out, my husband's not here, and I can actually just get every single thing done that I have to do for the whole entire week in those Great. So, by being more productive. Right. So what I understand the hack is get rid of your husband and your kids. That's right. <laughs> That's the hack of the day. Thank you very much for listening to Team Anyway. 
That's my hat. Have your little bag that you can right. But no, that that is so important. Whereas before, as before, we didn't think of that. Now we have to be very mindful. This folder, this folder, this folder, this tote, these days, and getting over that hump of saying, oh, gosh, now I have to be conscious of that is where you can be extremely uh, valuable to people because they haven't been used to having to do that. Not at all. I mean, I haven't been used to people being in my house, you know, when I've been home the past year and suddenly we're all here, three meals a day. Thank God for that. (laughs) I would just get up at 6.30 in the morning, put everything I could in an instant pot, and when they're hungry, they can just go and eat. There you go. Time, right? And I guess being mm-hmm. a mom, and you know, like when they're home, they just see you as a mom. They don't see you as Hallie that's running this business, Hallie that's doing this. They see you as the person that's there to make three meals a day and clean up after them so they can produce what oh, they yeah. need to Wow. I know one. It's funny. Know- it's like there's. Oh, no, I was just going to say, I know one woman who. Um, got all her kids around and educated them and said, um, you're going to, you see four different hats here. Now here's how you have to act depending on which hat I have on. This is my mother hat. This is my business hat. Right. And so forth. And um, she said it actually worked. <laughs> wow. Amazing. Great. I love that. Great. <laughs> I love that. Um, so Susan, I'm going to, See if um, you're keeping your husband and your kids, and if you have any hacks on your side. I'm, I've been getting rid of them one by one. <laughs> okay, I'm good. almost done. No, um, <laughs> what I what I think is uh, the way I'm thinking about it is there's these two intersecting dimensions of time and space, right? So there's like Hallie was talking about calendaring, and I, I actually interviewed somebody this morning who said it so beautifully. She was like, I viciously protect my calendar. And I thought, that's a great word. You know, she was like, I really have to protect my time, and I can't, you know, I'm sorry. I would love to have like just the fun, nice to meet you coffee, but I just can't. And so there's the kind of boundaries around your time and people chunking their time, like Hallie was saying, she and I do. And different things work for different people on that, but somehow figuring out how to manage your time. And then the space part of it is similar, but it's kind of, it's like made tactile. How do I chunk my space, right? Like this is the space where I, you know, play with my fabric samples and pin things up and it's like my idea area. And then this is the space where I do the books and I have my printer and I'm in kind of number crunching mode. And we see a lot of that. Um, The other observation that I think is fascinating is the more someone that would be perceived by the world as wildly creative. And we have this probably fantasy about them that they have this amazing magical space and maybe they do, but the more wildly creative a person is, it seems like the more incredibly organized they actually are. Maybe because they have to be because to allow them, and actually some of them talked about that. Like I have to be really rigid 
kind of in my organizational system in order to allow for that wild flowering of thought um, to occur. And I think that's just a fascinating characteristic of the human brain. It's, it's almost counterintuitive, isn't it? Yeah. Thank you, Susan. So what do you think, what do you think things will look like? Um, and Hallie, I think you really alluded to it you know, alluded to it is that, um, you know, come September, at least in September, at least here in California on the West coast, the left coast is, um, that our kids are going to go back, you know, for those of us whose kids are, you know, uh, five years and older, um, you know, for many of us, our, um, our partners will also maybe go back sometimes. Um, what do you see happening to, to, uh, your website, to, um, the whole workspace studio concept? Um, what do you, what are you guys thinking about the, what the future holds? I feel like we'll have more time. <laughs> Well, especially for me, because my daughter's going to be at school. So that frees up massive chunks of time to go and shoot people. I mean, I think we almost have a waiting list, don't we, Susan? Of, I mean, right now I can't keep up with it. Just we New do. York. You know, we're have to, having to farm out to different cities, find photographers there to shoot for us. But there's a long waiting list in New York that's going to take a, quite some time to get through. Wow, that's great. That's great. And I think the interest in this, while we, I think, originally conceived of it as a pandemic specific project, um, it seems to me, and as the name of your podcast is Team Anywhere, it's relevant, I think, right? That I think that anywhere is the new normal. And, and I don't think what, you know, while people will be returning, of course, to corporate office settings in some regard, and maybe some offices, everyone returns all the time. But I think there's going to be a wider spread than in the past. You know, we've we've now proven to ourselves and to everyone else that we can be really productive and creative in our homes. Of course, we miss personal interaction. And so we'll be making more space for that again. But I, th- I envision there's going to be a, a really, truly hybrid model where people are going in some days and staying home some days. And so I think that the home workspace is here to stay. And I think that people will be, as they begin to see that, that this is not a temporary situation, I think people will be putting more time and energy and attention into building out that you know permanent space that's not just the nook in the kitchen or maybe it is the nook in the kitchen, but they're going to, you know, refinish the cushion or, you know, what have you. Um, and so I think it's a very exciting time. And yeah, Holly and I are, are so excited to keep documenting what's happening. Do you think Susan, that as, um, okay. Uh, in my house, I have perfect lighting. I have a stand-up desk. I have a couple monitors. I have a beautiful chair. Um, <laughs> And a beautiful back wall for those of you who can't see. <laughs> you think when people get to walk when they get to work, they're going to say, hey, "What's up?" I'm not going to just. There's. Just, I'm not sitting in a cube. I'm not one screen. Are you kidding me? What do you think might happen there? Right. I'm afraid so. I haven't really given that much thought, but I think it's an excellent point. They may be a little disappointed when they get back to that Velcro uh, workspace <laughs> at the office where they're not allowed to hang a mirror. Yeah. I don't know. <laughs> I don't know. I mean, I'm, I'm imagining that it, just as employers um, have been and will continue to be 
nudged to provide more flexibility um, on time, they will equally be nudged to provide more flexibility on space. I could see, um, you know, remember Mad Magazine, um, but I could see you um, (laughs) photographing, right, Uh, Hallie, photographing someone's beautiful home space and then showing his white cube in the the window. I know, I know. That would be hilarious. Wouldn't that be hilarious? That's your next one. Mitch, and and, and I think going back to to what you all have been sharing about hacks, I think the folder for when I have to go into the cube right, will just be another part of this whole work portfolio that I have and and could turn out to be the least favorite space. Um, yeah, it could yeah, be. Yeah, I just love that you brought that up. Yes. It's our next podcast. Um, I wanted to mention something that I've noticed a lot, and we have this in our home, and I've noticed it in a lot of home well you know home like outside of the workspace studio in the home is that I think the great thing about working at home is people's exercise and health has really improved thanks to Peloton because you're not rushing out the door at 6 30 to take the subway you're getting up at 6 30 you're doing your ride or your yoga or whatever you do you're still at your desk by eight o'clock you can have a lunch my husband often does Peloton in his lunch break and his exercise life, all of our exercise, my daughter rides it, it has really improved, even though we've been inside for a long time. I think that element of exercise in your home is really, really important to people and their physical and mental health that also keeps them very clear-minded. We are not sponsored by Peloton, but now I think maybe we should be. <laughs> well, we are so, there you go. We like to thank Peloton. That is a wonderful point. Anything that you do, people are carving out that time because they have that extra time to do this. And and then remember, we only have to fix up from the waist down. So (laughs) I can hurry up and be on this Zoom meeting. All I do is put a brush in my hair and and that. I'll shower everything later. Yeah, the flexibility is incredible. Like you can just wake up. This is a podcast. Remember, <laughs> in your pajamas, it's it's done. You know, yes, yeah. Great. Okay, I would love to close with this last question. Maybe we can go back and forth. They they have not practiced this. We'll start with Susan. Can you leave us with five small changes mm. tomorrow to electrify your work from home space? Okay. So, number one, Susan. Number one, find a way to create, as Virginia Woolf so beautifully put it, a room of one's own. Even if it's not an actual room, get creative, figure out where you can create that space, where you can close the door, close a curtain, create a schedule so people don't come near you, whatever that is. So you have physical privacy and where you have some surface or wall space or both where you can leave your things. That number one. Number one. And number two, Hallie. Oh, you know, (laughs) I would say, (laughs) you can pull me off guard here. Something that's really important to me is to have a great cup that keeps my cup of tea warm. Because I went, I love my cup of tea and I can't drink my tea when it gets cold. And I know that there's all of these, you know, 
great contraptions to keep your tea and coffee warm. And I think that's important to me to sit quietly and my tea be hot. So I always have something like a little thermo mug on my table. Great. It's so amazing great how many people mentioned beverages, mm-hmm. like coffee and tea type beverages, as a really important ritual in their day. Yeah. yeah. So great note for corporations for if you want to get your people back to work, <laughs> you need to have tea warmers for all of your employees. Okay, Susan, number three. Oh, I think, um, you know, this is an oldie but a goodie insight, and it just couldn't be more true here. Keep, keep it simple right? Like keep it neat and sweet in your workspace. And even if that means spending the incremental uh, 15 minutes to half an hour at the end and beginning of your day to kind of put things away and then set them up again, um, that, uh, you know, Gretchen Rubin book, Outer Order, Inner Calm, it's so true. And um, the more kind of organized and almost rigid you can be, it allows you to actually be more flexible and open and creative. Thank you. Number four, Hallie. I'm going to say something green, a leaf, a plant, a bunch of flowers. But most workspaces we've seen, they have a beautiful leaf, a succulent, a bunch of flowers. I think there's something about that. Just a little relationship to something that's beautiful really helps. Great. Yeah. For me, I'm, I'm on the second floor of my house. And I look out on this tree that is, it's the messiest tree in the world, but it has bees and hummingbirds and uh, California native birds like all day long. And that is my jam. Okay. And number five, Susan. How nice. Um, Well, I think the last one would be around personalizing your space so that it does tell your story and that it is a portrait of you. And it can be those very small things, those little talismans or artifacts that you keep around your space just a few things to hang on to to ground you to anchor you yeah in your in your space um, can go a long way to making you feel like you belong and therefore get on with your day love it okay ladies how can we reach you you can reach us at hello at workspace dash studio and I want to uh, <laughs> com and uh, <laughs> hello at workspace dash studio.com and I do just want to point out, unfortunately, there is a website address that is just all one word, Workspace Studio, and that is not us. We need the dash, Workspace-Studio. Workspace-Studio.com. Okay, great. Well, then, um, thank you, Susan. Thank you, Hallie. Thank this you. has been so fun. Absolutely. And- great uh, flow yeah. of conversation with very specifics that will be, uh, any listener can pick up. Thanks for that. Yeah. Thanks for that. Thank you and so much for having us. Yeah. This was really fun. Great. And if you call Peloton right now and mention us, <laughs> okay, full price. Okay. And thank you for an incredible episode of Team Anywhere. If you've loved this episode or any other episode, please share this with your friends and colleagues. We look forward to seeing you next week on our next episode of Team Anywhere. Anywhere.